Alright, let's all jump into the rain together. Mr. Kingston, go public. The coup for valor is... Aw, hell. What do they want? Time for us to go. Well, officers. Is there a problem? Hopefully not. Did we miss the raid? The raid? Yes. You posted on Discord a few raids, right? Well, yes. You got to hear Pokemon Go? Yes. Me and my partner play sometimes while we're patrolling. Really? Well, go ahead and hop in with us. The code is Charmander Store Lack Pikachu. Let me go tell my partner. How much time left? 75 seconds. Plenty of time. Hey, the code is Charmander Snorlax Pikachu. Alright, I'm in. Cool. Is it alright for me to change the station? Sure. Do you want to do another one after this? If you can, I still need the shiner for this one. I'll ask him if we can join. Alright. Welcome to As the Pokeball Turns, where the stories are real and people still play this game. The raid system debuted on June 23, 2017. At the time of launch, legendary raids were non-existent with players only having tier 1 to 4 raids. While tier 1 to 2 were easily done by one player, tier 3 to 4 were challenging at the time with some trainers needing at least 1 to 3 additional players to defeat these raid bosses. However, there was a niche community at the time who saw the raid system as a challenge and attempted two-man, three-man, and at times solo raid battles. For a while, Tier 3 Jolteon raids were impossible to solo. Tier 3 Alakazam raids were extremely difficult coming down to the last second. These and many other raid bosses presented a challenge for players. Nowadays, the idea of short-manned raids arguably is a dying part of the game, with most players turning their attention to shiny hunting or PvP. There still remain some people who attempt short-man raids, and there still remain short-man raid boss challenges like the infamous Tier 3 Shuckle Raid Solo and certain Tier 5 raid duos. My guest is one of those players who created content around raid solos and duos and shares his experience attempting these challenges. From Dallas, Texas, here's his origin story into the world of Pokemon Go. This is Legacy Zelaya. Today, I'm joined by Legacy Zelaya. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely, man. And for me, I feel like it's a lost art in regards to doing short man raids because you don't really see that much anymore. And especially after the tier four raids merged with tier three, you just don't see too many raid challenges anymore. People that did it in the beginning moved on to PvP, 
I think that kind of hurt a lot. Oh yeah, did you not go to PvP or just not your interest? Uh, it's I do PvP, but it's not. I'm not really passionate about it. I do it mostly just for the elite charge TM. So what's your way to play Pokemon Go? You know, I just go to the park and I just use my gotcha and just catch Pokemon. And I just stream and host raids. That's like the only way I really play Pokemon these days. And occasionally I'll do a duo or trio and blur on my channel, try to help people see what they can do. Because I'm trying to help people lower, especially now with them nerfing remote rating, people are going to need to do it on their own. I'm trying to show people how to do it with weaker Pokemon. They don't need as big a group to take down a legendary or a mega like I did. I got you. How many did you have to use for Mega Alakazam? Just curious. I used like level 20 legendaries. I had like Darkrai and Giratina. I have a, my mini account. I think mo a lot of people have mini accounts. I know it's kind of like frowned upon by some people, but that's what it is. What it is. Well, let me ask you this. So when did you first start playing Pokemon Go? Started playing September of 2016. I didn't play the first two months. All my friends were playing and I was like, I'm not going to play this game. Catch Pokemon. They were going out every weekend, and then eventually I was kind of like, all right, I'll join you guys, because it looked like they were having a lot of fun. You eventually catered into the peer pressure, it sounds like? Yeah, yeah, I did. What got you hooked? Because obviously you're still playing, so something must have caught your interest about Pokemon Go. Well, at first, when I first started playing, me and all my friends were Instinct. So, you know, we were the underdog team. So we did gyms. That was like the first thing. My first goal was just gyms. We would like make the level 10 gyms and build them up. One of my best friends' name is Legacy Los. We would just leave seven spots open in the 10 gyms so that random instinct trainers could just come in and slot in. Because the goal back then, because I think in the old days, you could collect, I think it was 5,000 Stardust and 100 coins, right? I believe it was like every 18 hours or something like that. It wasn't every 24. I don't remember. It was such a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. That, and obviously trying to get to level 40. Those were like my goals. Back then, there was just nothing around. There was no raids, no PvP, nothing. The game was very basic back then. Right. Basically, it was just catching and spinning stops, and I think that was about it. We didn't even have daily bonuses either. That's the real shocker for some people. It was nothing. It's like, like Buddy, and the Pokemon were just mostly like Pidgeys and Wild. I don't think there was even any Shinies. <laughs> there was no Shinies nope. either. Nah, -uh. That didn't come out until, I think, uh, probably almost two years after, I think. Because the first one we got was Shiny Magikarp. Right. I don't remember when it was, though. Eventually, you know, I met other instinct trainers and we started like, you know, working together to own our area because we just dominated our area with instinct. And eventually I hit level 40. I was like one of the first people in my area to hit level 40. Do you remember when it was? It was like May of 2017. Oh, wow. That's pretty quick. Yeah. May of 2017. I did it before raids even came out. Yeah, because raids came out that year in July. So like two months before. Yeah. And then I stopped playing after that. Took like a few months to off the game. Actually, I completely stopped playing. Was that just because you hit level 40 or? I just didn't have any more goals. It was kind of like I hit level 40. Gym system changed at the same time. I don't know if you remember when they changed it. Yes, because that's when they introduced raids and we got the current system now that still lives on or dies on whatever you consider. I think, it. think the gym system now sucks. That's something Niantic needs to change an aspect of the game that they could fix i don't know how but well let me ask you this like what would you like to see different i know you don't know how but like what role would you like to see it play in the game i don't i don't know it's would you like to go back to the old ways or I think like a balance of the new system and the old system the problem is the old system it like lower players had, had no chance I remember people hated those Blissey towers the level 10 Blissey towers oh lord yes i love i used to love building them so when raids came about, is that what kind of what brought you back into the game? 
I took like three months off Pokemon Go and I was like done. I was not going to play because I didn't see the point. Like it's like everything happened. Like they changed the gym system, right? And I hit level 40, so I didn't have any more goals. And then legendaries came out and my friends told me, yeah, you can't throw them in a the gym. So I was like, well, what's the point of me going around spending a dollar a raid pass to get a Pokemon that I can't even throw in a gym? I met Kaito Nolan. Actually, I already knew Kaito Nolan from the old gym system. She was doing all these solos back then. She knew me because I was like one of the first level 40s in our area. And then she knew my friend Lowe's. He was also one of the highest level players in our area. And so was she. And then she was like, okay, I want to trio. She was trying to trio Entei. She didn't have any partner. So she asked my friend Lowe's and she was like, can you ask Oscar to come out and help us with this trio? So we came, we tried the Entei trio and we failed the first time. So that kind of lit a fire in me. I was like, oh, wow, because we were so close. Like the game was just so much different back then. There was like no battle parties. There was nothing. It was just really hard. Like I remember we had to faint Pokemon so that I would auto select like Golem and stuff. Otherwise, we'd pick like Gyarados and a bunch of other stuff. I forgot all about that. Holy yeah. crap. This is, we had nothing back then. No weather. I don't even think the weather system was out back then. Yeah, they didn't come until uh, Hoenn arrived. And that wasn't until 2018. Yeah. So almost a full year after that. Right. Basically, that's what brought me back. And then I got inspired. We failed the Entei Trio, and I was like, okay, I need to go get more Golems. So I started playing Pokemon Go again. Right. And that's kind of, it sounds like the challenge of trying to beat a raid boss with very few players, I guess, was a way for you to kind of get motivated with the game because it made the game, it gave you a challenge. It gave me a challenge and, and like, you know, just st I enjoy doing it. Whereas before my goal was the gym system. And then once that died, I was like, oh, well, I don't really have anything else to do. And then Kaito showed me the, you know, the Entei Trio and I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. You know, I want to try this. Ever since then, I have been playing nonstop. I want to talk about the trios real quick, because I saw a lot. You have a lot of content on YouTube with trios and duos and even some solos. So first question I want to ask is, like, what kind of preparation does it take to get to that point to where you can start doing short man raids? Well, you got to have the right counters. And I use PokeBattler.com. Mm -hmm. I usually go in there and I just look at the top counters and I go based off the movesets. And I look at the feint and the time to win. And that's how I determine, can this raid boss be duo or trio? So it all comes down to the feints and the time to win. I look at the numbers and that's how I'll come up with the unique lineups that I used to do also. Then you also take into account like friendship, weather boost. And then now with the mega boost, the mega boost is a little bit trickier, but that's another thing that I also look at now. What's the most difficult one that comes to mind to try to do like a solo, duo, or trio? Uh, there's a lot. I've done so many, but one of the hardest ones that I can remember from the top of my head, I think it was Altered Form Giratina Duo. I think the moveset was Ancient Power. That's like one of the hardest, hardest duos I, that I can think of. Also the Kyogre Duo I also did. Kyogre Duo with all Electivire. Now this was like, I think back then the damage was different. For raids, I think it was, I don't know what it's called. It was like 1.6 damage multiplier or something like that. So like the Pokemon just did more damage in raids. They changed it back in 2019. But those two duos are the ones that come to my mind. It was the Kyogre duo and the Alter Form Giratina duo. Those two were very difficult. Well, let's fast forward to present day real quick. Do you have any raid bosses in mind that you want to do, but you haven't really figured out how to do it yet? Or is most raid bosses easy nowadays? No, some of them are for duos. Some duos are tough. Like me and one of my friends, Misato, she's from Italy. Her and I, we tried to duo Lugia recently without a weather boost. It's tough. We actually failed because now with the Primal, Kyogre, and Groudon, they boost Pokemon. They don't even have to be in the raid like normal Megas, which I didn't know that until recently. 
that's a game changer. So basically, you just put Kyogre at the sixth slot, and it's going to boost Ooh. your Pokemon or your partner. That's a 30% boost. So Kyogre is boosting electric, water, and bug. It doesn't even have to be in the raid. So it's a huge game changer. There's some tough duos. Like, I think the Ooxie duo was pretty tough. Sometimes you have to find, like, the foggy weather or snow weather. Like, I think, like, Rayquaza solo. You need snow weather. So that's the real challenge. A lot of times me and my friends joke, like, the real challenge is finding the weather, like, snow or fog, especially fog. We're always looking for fog. Fog is so rare. For you to be able to power up these Pokemon must have cost a lot of Stardust. So in your area, like, where's the place to go to play? Like, where did you go grind? I don't grind as much as I used to. Now I'm just more focused on other stuff. Plus, I already have like a decent team. Uh, or I used to go play at Fort Worth is okay, downtown Fort Worth. I used to like go in there on the weekends. There's a place called Sundance Square or Panther Island. That's okay. But where I used to grind a lot, there's like a Home Depot, a bunch of stores, and they have a bunch of spawns there. So I used to just drive around all the stores. My gotcha. Sometimes I would fast catch and I could just catch a bunch of Pokemon because it's based on cell phone data. So that's why there's just a bunch of Pokemon there. We would sit there and just fast catch, and it would take us like a few minutes. So it sounds like the places to go for your area is not really the parks, but it sounds like the parking lots? Yeah, it's just better. Parks aren't that great. Unless there's a bunch of stops at the parks, they're just okay. It's weird. You would think the parks are the better places, but it's not. At least in my area, it's not. One, I think it's called 54th Street. There's like two poker stops mm -hmm. there. It's like this bear with a beer or something. That's the, like the number one place we would go to. Close to Dallas. We'd always go there after community day. So before Pokemon Go, did you have any experience with Pokemon in general? Did you play the main series games at all? Yeah, I played uh, X and Y, and I played, uh, what was the other game? So, well, Sun and Moon came out during Pokemon Go. I played like the early games like Gold and Silver and I Red, Leaf Green. I played all those when I was a kid. I just played the story, you know, just eat the Elite Four, then I don't play again after that. I played uh, Sun and Moon, I played uh, Shield and Sword, but I didn't play like Scarlet and Violet. I don't know. Now that I'm streaming more, I just don't, I just didn't have time to play the main series anymore. Do you have any favorite Pokemon at all? I know a lot of people have like one Pokemon that's like their absolute favorite. If I had to just pick one, I had to say Kyogre. It's between Kyogre, Gyarados, and Blastoise. If I had to pick one out of those three, I would say Kyogre. It sounds like you favor the water yeah, type a yeah, little bit. for sure. You talk about how you did content creation. You make videos and stuff like that. You stream. What made you want to start doing that? I think because Kaito was doing it first. She was uploading her videos. She did the mm -hmm. same thing. She would upload duos and trios. But hers was a little different because she wanted to read worldwide audience. So she only did the music. And then so I was like, okay, I'm just going to record the voiceover of us just, you know, answering while we're doing the raid and stuff. So I got into that and basically the goal was just, I was thinking, okay, if I can grow my channel to a point where they can pay for my Pokecoins, that was like the goal. Did it ever work out? Now it is, barely, but yeah. <laughs> we all started somewhere, man. Also, the thing is the content creation is one of the reasons why I'm still playing. I think without the content creation, I probably wouldn't be playing this game, to be honest. In the game for just to play the game, no. It's really the content creation, like, you know, the streams, the videos, and just interacting with people I met on Twitter and on Discord. That's what really motivates me to play. It's not really the game. I do love Pokemon, but it's, it's mostly, like, a combination of everything. I know that you host the Wednesday night raid hours. Is that kind of just the stuff that you enjoy doing? Yeah, I do. I just love raiding with people from, you know, all over the world. I have friends from like India, you know, Europe, South America, a few Australians, 
even have a few Japanese, even though they don't speak English, they kind of know what to do. It's fun. That's awesome. Last question, you know, if somebody's wanting to be a content creator, you know, what would you tell them? It's a long journey. It's kind of like if you really love it, you'll suffer for it. You'll just put in the work over time, you know, over the years, and eventually maybe something will come of it. But I think too many people give up too easily. You just got to treat it like a hobby and then just keep grinding. That's how I look at it. And you're going to get better at it over time. Like, I remember when I first started streaming, my personality was just way different. Versus now I've been doing it for almost three years. It's just, I do it in my sleep now. I went back and watched my first stream. and It was just way different. I was like more nervous. And then now it's kind of like, oh, it's like breathing now when I turn on the camera and start streaming. So you just got to get better at it each day. Is it almost like the people that are there are kind of with you? And you're just having just some fun playing Pokemon Go together. Is that kind of the best way to describe it? I'm just sitting there and it's kind of like we're playing in person, except they're not talking to me. They're just typing in the chat. To me, it's almost like they're there, especially the people I've known for a long time. Yeah, they get my sense of humor and I get theirs. Have you had a chance to meet any of the people you get to chat with at all? I met a few when I went to the Hoenn tour in Las Vegas. Not many because not many people travel, but I have met a few of them. What was it like at the Hoenn tour when you went? Well, it started off bad. The signal was terrible. It's just the in-person events. Mostly you go there really to meet people. Like the event itself is almost not worth it. Like I went to GoFest in 2018 and 2019. It's okay, but it's not like you're missing out on much if you don't go. When you went to Vegas, it, you just went for the friends, it sounds like, to meet the people and everything. Yeah, yeah. That, there was a lot of stuff going on. Plus, it's, Vegas is nice, so I didn't mind going to Vegas. Did you uh, go gambling uh, no, a little no. bit? I just, you know, I like seeing this. Because I wanted... Pokemon Go is amazing in Vegas. It's like the best place I've ever played Pokemon Go at. I went to Chicago for Go Fest, so those are the only two I can compare. I've never been to Japan, so I don't know. That's the next place I would like to play Pokemon Go and see what it's like to play in Japan. But Vegas, if you're at the strip, you're just chilling your whole time. You're just drifting all over the place. And you can, like, if you have your Go Plus or Gotcha, it's ridiculous. It stops and the Pokemon, you don't even have to do anything. Uh, yeah. Really? You just let your yeah. device run and it just kind of runs Your hard. character's just drifting all over the place. That's what I was doing while I was there. So many stops. It's, a, it's great. You mentioned Go Fest. Like, what was it like to go for those in Chicago? Well, there were about two different parks. One was at Lincoln Park, and I think the other one was Millennium Park. Had issues all the time. I tell people like, just you should just go, if you go to an in-person anti-command, you should just expect there to be problems. All three times I went, there was issues. You just go in expect because it's just a lot of people in a small area. It's gonna happen, but it's okay. You know, everything's lured up. There's a bunch of people walking, and it's nice seeing like a lot of the other. Like I remember I met like Zoe Two Dots. I met Brandon Tan. He and I took a picture at the Hoenn tour in Vegas. Just meeting all, seeing all these people is it's fun. So last thing I want to talk about was I know that you did some stuff in Wayfair and you built up your community. I wanted to ask, like, how did you start getting into that? Kai Tornola and I, we met playing Pokemon Go. And eventually we started dating and I was living with her in a different city. When I first started streaming, she had a bunch of gyms around that she could see from her place. So I didn't really need gyms because, you know, she had a bunch. Then when her and I split up, eventually I had to move back home. And basically when I moved back home, I had no gyms in my area. So I couldn't host raids. That's why I had to work on my area and I had to go explore. And I just went around my neighborhood looking for, well, okay, what can I nominate here so I can do my streams? Because I was going to Starbucks to get on their Wi-Fi because they had more gyms at the Starbucks. I was doing that for like a few months. People remember the Starbucks days. I would just sit in front of a Starbucks and get on their Wi-Fi and then just host raids. Host Radar mostly. 
Then eventually I got enough gyms where I could do my streams from home. Now I see nine gyms from home. And when I came back, I could only see two. How did you go about learning what was eligible and stuff like that? I just figured it out. The same friend, Misato from Italy, she really helped me out. because She's really into it. She built a route as well. She told me, like, nominate this. And so did Kaito. She also, living with her, she showed me, like, she built her route as well. I learned from them to nominate this. This is a good thing to nominate. Trail marker posts are great. Pergolas, gazebos, all that stuff. Basketball courts, tennis courts. Yeah, so those are the stuff that I learned from them. And then I did research on the Wayfair website, and then I found out more stuff, like historical stuff and all that. That's awesome, and I'm glad you're able to build up your area. You went from two gyms to nine gyms. Do you know how long it took you to kind of get to that point? It took me a few months. Okay, so it oh, wasn't no, right it took away. took me a time because um, I introduced this appeal system. The problem is the Wayfair is also, it sucks. Like a lot of the people who review, they just don't know what they're doing. So versus like the people who answer the appeals, usually like one person, those people know what makes a good stop. I tell people when they ask me, I tell them if something gets rejected, just appeal it. It will take six months and maybe even it will take a long time, but might go through on the appeal if it's a good nomination. I remember I told someone on Twitter, I told her that should get approved, appeal it. And then like six months later, she sent me a DM. She's like, oh, you were right. It got approved. And I was like, yeah, I knew it. Sometimes the headache you deal with reviewers can be frustrating enough to where you just rather wait the six months because it's better than having to go back and forth to do a picture all over. So the, yeah. the problem is the, a lot of the people who are answering Wayfair, some of them, they're just going as fast as possible trying to get upgrades and they don't even really read it or they don't even know what makes a good post stop. So that's why I always tell them, yeah, it's best to sometimes just appeal it. If you think it's a good stop, then appeal it. So that's why it took me forever to finish my route because I had to wait months for the appeals to go through on like a few Pokestops. It sounds like it was worth the wait though because now you can host it from home and you got a very nice area to do radar with. It was worth it. It took a, a long time though. Well, Oscar, thank you for coming on the show. If people wanted to check out your content or get connected with you, where could they check you out? By all means, please plug away. Uh, I think Legacy Zelaya is the same thing on YouTube and Twitter. You guys can find me there. And I'll make sure to include links in the description of today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of As the Pokeball Turns. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Feel free to follow me on all my socials by clicking the link in the description of this episode, and I'll see you next time. Here's a sneak peek for the next episode of As the Pokeball Turns.